Welcome to Business Talk Sister Gok. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today with us we have Lars, who is a student at the University of Minnesota Duluth right now. And he has had um, some pretty cool experiences uh, trying out different ways to make money. So we're going to talk to him about that. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so Lars, tell us, can you, if you want, you can share your full name. You don't have to. Um, but tell us a little bit about uh, what you do. Um, yeah, so my name is Lars Erickson, and uh, I'm a student at the University of Minnesota, like Becca said. Um, and I do a lot of different things to make money. Um, I work in the university in two different locations. So I work in their food service and dining center. And then I work in their grounds crew, um, doing snow removal, um, cutting grass when there's no snow, but it's Duluth, so there's always snow. Um, and then I started a plow service this year as well through some connections on apps. Rover, Tackle um, are two of the main apps that I use. Um, Rover being a dog sitting app and Tackle being a moving and yard work and home services app. Mm -hmm. um, how many was that, four? I think so, yeah. Five. And then uh, I'm lucky enough to um, be a landlord at my current residence. Um, uh, it's my grandma's old house that I tore apart, renovated, uh, now live there and rent out to some people um, the second floor. Yeah. So that's kind of a little bit about ways that I make money while I'm in school. Um, it keeps me very, very busy, so I don't mm -hmm. have a lot of free time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay, so we're really excited to talk about um, the different the different ones and like how you got started with them. So why did you get started with them first of all um because i'm a firm believer in taking the opportunities when they come um, and so being able to be a part of application work and building my own companies i have an entrepreneurship major um, so it's kind of in what i like to do mm -hmm. um, my dad's an entrepreneur and so i've grown up in the business building um, world and so I'm super used to it, love to do it, um, tackle, rover, the plow service. They all enable me to grow businesses and gain experiences. And what is life without experiences? What is mentoring people without experiences? Mm -hmm. If you have nothing to tell people, how are they going to trust you? Mm -hmm. So that's the main reason that I do them, um, compensation aside. Okay. So tell us a little bit about mentoring. What have you been doing to kind of like invest in other people? Um, mentorship, um, I'm a part of campus ministry uh, on campus. And so we lead small groups and we lead teams. Um, so last year I led a small group and got to uh, kind of mentor some people in their faith and kind of early in college. And then this year I run our tech team with um, Courtney, who is also leading it with me. Um, and I get to lead people and mentor them and teach them on how to use sound products, um, how to mix sound in a stereo setting, uh, and do recordings and that kind of thing. Okay. okay. So. so can you, I really want to hear more about Tackle. What, so is this an app you've been using and how did you go about yes. using it? How did you hear about it? That kind of stuff. Um, Tackle is an app, um, like I stated earlier, just for um, houses, um, for just some maintenance work that you don't want to do or you can't do. Mm. Um, so there's some automate, there's some like car fixing, you know, yard cleanup, snow removal, mm. moving um, if you're moving locations, um, that kind of thing. And you can 
post a, a job posting basically um, at a rate that you're willing to pay and then providers go on and they're able to search for jobs near them mm-hmm. and able to pick and choose um, what compensation they ro- want based off of what you're offering. Mm-hmm. Okay. And would you say then you're a provider? Yes. Is that what? Okay. Yep. So okay. I'm a provider. I've never been on the receiving end of it. Okay. Um, I've only ever provided. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how did you um, get started? Did you have to like go through a background check or whatever so they're not like, this crazy person's coming to move my stuff <laughs> and they're going to steal it all or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so I first found out of the app um, actually off of a billboard, mm. um, and then I just Googled it and kind of kind of researched a little bit and was like, oh, this seems interesting. Like, uh, I'll kind of look into kind of what stuff looks like. Um, so I Googled it, did some research. Um, it was very, very new when I, when I started. Mm. Um, they had just kicked off, so the application was a very rudimentary mm. use. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to sign up... You know, you go, you say, yeah, I'm going to sign up as a provider or I'm going to sign up as a as a receiver mm-hmm. client, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did uh, I did provider and you have to sign up as a client in order to be a provider so that you can use both services. Um, so I am able to post job postings, but I kind of just do all my work myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that and it goes through you know, basically all of a job application. Um, so if you're, you know, you're going to a W-2 job, um, you know, you need your social security number, all of your information, forms of identification, that kind of thing. And then you have to wait, I think it's a week, week and, week and a half, um, until they get back to you and approve your applications. Mm-hmm. Were you nervous when you did that originally? No. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Not like, oh, I'm giving all my information to this app. <laughs> no, I wasn't. The only reason I wasn't nervous um, was because I know what job, what jobs need in mm-hmm. order to run W-2s, run, run okay. 1099s. Um, so I knew it was just like the basic information. Mm-hmm. And frankly, giving away your social security number your social security number is the most unsafe, safe number in existence <laughs> um, because you use it on everything, but nobody else is supposed to know it. Mm-hmm. Like that just doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> so when I, I'm also a tackle provider, um, and when I signed up for it, I definitely was like, what the heck am I getting into? And I like texted Lars and was like, is it supposed to be this sketchy feeling? Like, it, yeah. And then it took, I think like seven days for them to run the background check for me yep. and then they like sent an email like saying like hey you've been approved and I was just like what are they gonna find <laughs> <laughs> yeah so within that um did you have to put any kind of like credit card information in or anything like that to be able to pay that's, pay or what what does that look that's like? a very good question um to be honest, I don't remember. There's a $30 fee. for Yeah, there's a $30 yeah. fee for being a provider. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so they need your credit card for that, obviously. Um, in terms of payment, I know Rover does through PayPal. Um, so I can transfer it from Rover <clears throat> out to PayPal and then from PayPal to my accounts. Mm. Um, so they use a secure PayPal network um, mm-hmm. so that Rover isn't responsible for the transactions yeah. of your finances right um i can't recall if tackle does that as well it's been a while since i used the app mm-hmm. um and i can kind of explain some reasons why i don't thoroughly enjoy using the app okay but okay tell us a little bit about that yeah um so one of my biggest issues with the app um is that it randomly turns off my provider 
Mm. Um, and so in like your profile as a provider, you have like a little provider tab that you can just switch on and say, yes, accept, I'm ready to provide. Um, and I want it on all the time so that when jobs pick up and I'm not there or I'm not doing anything, I can just go do the job really quick and then be done. But it turns off on its own so frequently um, that I often end up forgetting that mm. I even have tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have done some jobs on tackle, um, mostly down in the Twin Cities area, yeah. um, not so much up in Duluth, mostly because people in Duluth don't use it a ton. Um, I have seen a couple of jobs, um, but the compensation wasn't really worth my time. Mm. Um, so what would you say is like, what's the cut that they're taking out of it? And what, how do you calculate what is worth your time? <laughs> um, it's kind of just more like a gut feeling on what's <laughs> worth my time. Um, and really what I'm doing in the moment, um, you know, so if I have two hours before work and I make, you know, 12 to $15 at work or whatever, depending on what job I'm going to, um, is $20 for three hours of work worth it? Hmm. Not really. Um, that's the other problem with tackle that I don't like is that, um, the clients set their own prices. Hmm. And so people tend to be very stingy. And so I look at it and I'm like, wow, $20 to clean up their entire yard, trim all their hedges, Mm. mow their lawn, pick everything up and dispose of it. That disposal fee alone is probably going to be $20. Mm. So have you found, has it like, have you been, has it been worth it financially? So like you paid the $30 fee, do you think that that's been covered already or has it been kind of not profitable for you? Um, I'd say in the jobs within tackle it has not been profitable um, in my experience Um, however the connections and the the meeting of the people that you are providing for um, I think is worth it even though those connections may not you know lead to a fiscal compensation um, it's ultimately building your network and in terms of building business and in terms of providing for people in you know the labor and you know dog sitting and mm-hmm. plow services uh your networks are everything and that's basically any startup is your connections okay so tell us about rover what is that and how did you hear about it um rover is a dog sitting app that i heard about from my sisters um both of my two older sisters use rover on a very consistent basis for the last two and a half years and they almost never live at their house mm. um because they take rover jobs and rover's dog sitting and so you go and you meet the the clients um and you talk to them you meet with them you meet their dog you get told how to um how to care for their dog how long they're going to be gone um and that's all done in person so that you meet them Mm -hmm. and it's it's building trust and building confidence in that um and then you know my sisters do weeks at a time i usually do three to four days at a time just because of my area Mm -hmm. um and and the people that use it in the area um they're not typically gone for weeks on end and i i don't really live in like a very high income area um whereas my sisters live on the west side of the cities which tends to be a uh, larger income area so they can afford you know bigger vacations and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, so they end up doing weeks two weeks at a time and they um, live at the house and they live at the house oh, wow. um, okay. but rover does have three options so it's you know f- the full sitting so it's living at the house taking care of the dog um, that kind of thing and then they do drop-in visits 
Um, so drop-in visits are you just show up, take the dogs on a walk, you know, take them to the bathroom, feed them, spend a little bit of time with them, and then leave. You don't live at the house. You don't eat at the house. Um, you then live at, at your own um, home. And then the third one would be um, just walking services. So if you're too busy to walk your dog, you can pay someone to go do it. Okay. And this is more predominantly in metropolitan areas? like you. So you live in Duluth and then also down in the cities. That's where most of like your tackle options are and Rover as well? Yes. Uh, so most of your options... Well, so any startup um, application and small businesses mm. are going to have generally just a larger market in large metropolitan areas, which is why the Twin Cities is such a huge place to start, tackle, rover, okay. that kind of thing. Um, and then from the large, densely populated areas, it kind of expands into the suburbs and smaller metropolitan areas such as Duluth. Mm. Okay. So do your sisters do that like as a full-time gig or what, what is kind of their um, approach So my oldest sister um, has graduated college. Um, she works a full-time job and she does Rover on top of it. Okay. Um, she's single, not dating anyone. So she does like, she just has time um, when she's not working. And so she'll go back for lunch, t- take the dog out, go back to work, come back, spend all night with the dog, take it out in the morning, go to work, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, just for a week, two weeks at a time. And then my, um, Second oldest sister is uh, still a student. She's a nursing student. Um, and so she does it. She lives at the house. So she takes them out, comes back for lunch, goes back, goes back mm-hmm. to school, comes, spends the night, um, that kind of thing. That's so cool. it's, it tends to be very flexible as dogs take care of themselves relatively well. Um, not nearly as well as a cat where you wouldn't really need a, a provider to take care of your cat. So. <laughs> Okay, so what's kind of the going rate for that, or what do you see? Is it dependent on the area? Um, so going rate, um, as a provider, I actually set my rates. Oh, nice. Um, and so Rover gives you some recommendations on uh, where to start setting your rate and, and then generally moving it up. Um, so I, I started my rate at $50 a night um, for one dog with an additional $25 f- per dog mm-hmm. per night. Um, and since I've started, I have moved it up to $75 a night with 25 per extra dog. Okay. Okay. And have you ever, or maybe your sisters too, is there like a safety precaution or anything? How do you know when you're going to go stay somewhere that no one's just going to show up at their house or what, what does that feel like? Cause I think that that would be something for me that'd be a little uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Um, well for me, um, I don't really think about it. <laughs> <coughs> Um, just because, I don't know, it's never really crossed my mind. Um, but typically my experience is that the owners let their neighbors know that, Hey, I'm going to be out of town. This person is watching my dog. They're going to be living at my house. Um, and then they give the model of the car and that kind of thing. Just so the neighbors aren't sketched out, um, in terms of people just showing up, I've had one person say, Hey, my ex-wife might show up asking for the car. <laughs> Don't let her in. <laughs> I've had one person do that. And I'm like, okay. Um, fortunately, the wife, the ex-wife never showed up. Yeah. Um, but so in my experience, there's been, you know, people coming and going from the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but really nothing to be super concerned with. The people are typically pretty informative. Okay. okay. Yeah. So how many jobs have you taken total with those two? Probably. <sighs> I don't know. Um, a lot more in Rover than Tackle, okay. um, just because I prefer the service, um, even though Rover's compensation rate's at about 15%. Okay. 
Um, so they take a pretty large chunk of what you're making over the app because all the payments and stuff are done through it. And there's penalties if you don't go through the app and that kind of thing. Um, so they force you to use the app. They force you to pay through the app. They force you to do everything through the app, um, allowing them to pull compensation um, from your end and also their end. So, if, I mean, let's say my job's worth $100. Um, I'll probably make 80 because um, they take about 20%, 15%, something like that um, on my end. But they also charge the customer um, a fee as well mm. for paying me. Wow. Um, so they're making it on both ends, both the provider and the customer. Sounds like you need to make your own app um, <laughs> <laughs> with a comp rate. If I, if I knew how to program, yeah. Um, and you need if, some competition out there. Yeah, now. yeah. So, but it's overall, I love Rover. Um, it Rover led me to um, to a couple that I then got in contact with. Um, I'm never there when they get home. Um, you know, they tell me when they get home, they kind of give me some ETA. Oh, I'll be home around five o'clock. I leave about four thirty. Take the dog out. Um, I wash all the sheets. I fold all the sheets. Or, or I make the bed, depending on what the timeline kind of looks like. Um, and then I write a handwritten note saying, hey, it was great to great to watch your dog. Um, this is done, this is done, this is done. I cleaned everything. Um, hopefully it's better than when you left it. Um, if there's anything else you need, whether it's manual labor, you know, help doing this, help doing that, or watching your dog again, I would love to be your first point of contact. Hmm. Um, and so I did that with this this um, couple <laughs> <It's> <laughs> entrepreneur. <laughs> I did that with this I did that with this couple and um, they have an old woman that lives next to them um, and the person that did plow their driveway just graduated college and moved away so she was looking for somebody new um, and they're like hey do you want to do it um, they plow my driveway and hers um, it's for x dollars you know per snow um, and so I started doing that and then was like, wow, this is really easy and makes me a decent amount of money. Um, so then I started expanding my plow contracts, if you will. I mean, they're all unofficial contracts and cash payments. Um, so it's not an official business. Um, but every time it snows, I mean, I make about $100, $120 every snow. Nice. Okay. So with that, did you have to go out and buy a plow for your truck? Did you already have uh, I that? use um, a snowblower. Um, oh. primarily. Oh, okay. Um, however, I do have, um, my dad's bobcat out at, um, my property, my, well, yeah, the place that I live. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a trailer for it. And so if it's a really large snow, I will load up the bobcat into the trailer, strap it down, bring it to Duluth, unload it, do everybody's driveways, with the bobcat. Nice. Cause I do, I do my driveway with the bobcat. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's a quarter mile long. Yep. So basically you are mooching off your parents investments I am well well, (laughs) yes and no I I've gotten permission to use it um for this purpose Mm -hmm. um, that's good and and pay and pay a small stipend in order to use it okay okay so do you have like with that as you're looking at doing these different things does tackle and rover have like any kind of liability insurance or they just do the background check and because what if someone's say water line breaks while you're in the house and they're like you did this or whatever (laughs) um i know rover has liability insurance um i would assume tackle does as well just because it'd be stupid not to um you know because then i can turn around and sue them for a whole slew of things that could happen Mm -hmm. um so for a client to try to sue me because i was a tackle provider or a rover provider um i yeah 
So I, I know that Rover does, not sure about Tackle, but I would assume that both of them do. Okay. And you were mentioning, so kind of how those work is at the end of the year, they send you a tax form Yep. and you just put those on your taxes while you're filing. Yep. Okay. Um, so they just send me an update saying, hey, there's this, hey, there's that, um, this is how much you've made, this is how much we've held, mm-hmm. um, here's your tax form, um, just file it. Awesome. So. so this is the part of the show where we talk about something, we gawk about it to stare upi- stupidly yep. <laughs> and openly. Um, so this time, usually we tell a story, but Lars is going to tell us a story yep. about something that he did <laughs> that we're really excited to hear about because we think it's going to be pretty good. So go ahead. Yeah. Um, my freshman year of college, which was in 2017 uh, and 2018, um, I had a random roommate um, who never responded to me before college. Um, I met him on the first day of college. You know, I texted him and was like, hey, like, here's this. Emailed him, hey, what do you want to do? What do you want to bring? You know, like college people do. Um, no response. And so I, <laughs> I looked at my mom and I was like, mom. What if he's Amish? What if he's breaking? What if he's breaking Amish and he's coming to college? And my mom was like, "That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard you say." <laughs> he's not Amish. Relax. Why would your um, mind jump to that? Like this is the only conclusion. I don't. I don't know. But that was my conclusion. Um, and so I met him. Um, really nice dude, um, but very very different from me. Um, sits in his room. And he's just plays. an odd and guy. He's he just, really liked milk. Yeah, <laughs> Ruthie's Ruthie's met him. Um, he's he's a very odd dude, um, but just loves milk. He would drink like two gallons a week, which is just <laughs> absurd. While he sat there and played video games. Um, but so what happened? Getting getting to this this actual story, we had kind of an odd relationship. Um, just from the differences, uh, we liked each other. We still say hi to each other. We still catch up, um, but it was just a, a weird relationship. <laughs> And so uh, I'm a very, like, prankster person and, like, just, like, love to joke with people, give people crap. And so he was getting ready to go to class, and I was like, hey, when you're gone, just so you know, I'm going to move all of your stuff um, into the bathroom. And he goes, bet, no, you won't. And I was like, okay, see you later. (laughs) And he went to class, and I instantly started moving all of his stuff into the bathroom. (laughs) Um, <laughs> I dismantled his bed, uh, moved it. Tackle provider. Tackle provider. I dismantled his bed, moved it into the shower, took all of the stuff out of his closet, set it up in the bathroom on like the, the shower racks and like basically set up his room, but in the, the shower and in the bathroom, um, which is all communal. Um, so <laughs> people were walking into the shower and they're like, oh, well. I guess I'm not showering right now. Um, and they walked in to go to the bathroom and all his stuff's there. And I, lit- I literally moved everything out of his room into the bathroom. And he got back and he, his jaw just dropped. And I was just sitting on my bed like laughing. And then he got mad <laughs> as, as one would. And he just looks at me and just starts cussing up a storm. And I was like, relax, relax. Like I, I literally told you I was going to do it. And you said, go ahead. <laughs> so i was like you're the one that gave me permission to do it and he was like ah (laughs) just like he just he just couldn't fight it because he gave me permission to do it and then he was like well i guess i'll start moving all my stuff back in um 
and then I stood up and helped him move everything back in. What a champ. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably one of my favorite memories of, of my freshman year roommate. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciated having you. Um, and thank you guys for joining in too. We'll see you next week.